Hi, Misfits. This is Kevin. And this is Kate. Welcome to Horrorwood. Do, 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 do. It's not how our theme music goes at all, but... I know. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit keep talking great great do you have anything to say (laughs) (laughs) hi kate hi kevin good to see you you as well we just saw each other this past tuesday for the fourth thanks for coming to our little celebration thank you i drank a lot it was amazing i not to like encourage alcoholism but sure. i think you should drink drink more, more all the time <laughs> it was really funny this isn't iced coffee it's uh wine from oh. a box no <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part was the end of the night when you looked around and everyone was gone and you said i was like why did i stay <laughs> and you said I think I meant to leave with them. Right. And then you just kind of like tiptoed out of our house. Because I said goodbye. And then I noticed it was just you and Matt in the kitchen. And I was like, I should have left too. <laughs> Why did I stay? I mean, we wouldn't have minded. No, you could sure. have just like hung out. But I laughed about that for so long because the look on your face and the way you said it and then the way you like creeped out down the stairs right well I got out to everyone and they were in the front outside of the gate and I was like yeah I I was supposed to leave too and they were like (laughs) we know we know we were just talking about that right they're like yeah uh, it's the end of the night amazing Uh, I hope all of you had a safe and happy fourth and uh you have an announcement Kevin right Oh, yes. Yes. An exciting one. So we have a new Patreon member, uh, Jessica Godby. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Jess. This is your shout out. What's up? (laughs) I don't know why to go low, but yay. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Welcome. Uh, A new misfit murderino. We love it. Which means she's going to get the fall (gasps) gift She's going to get the ghosts. Well, I don't know if I'm sending a jar of ghosts. I don't know why I keep... (laughs) I think I already decided. You're really you're pressing right. that one. I I think it's going to be more than just an empty jar filled with a ghost. An eraser that's a ghost. So my mom used to be a teacher. Okay. I was and like, where is this we, going? No, this is random. I know. But we there used to be this little shop off a road that we lived by. And it was a school supply shop. But oh. it was shaped like an old tiny schoolhouse. Oh, cute. And so we would always go there to like get stuff for her classroom and stuff but I would also pick up some school supplies for me sure but I just remember they had like bins and baskets of just eraser tops like for pencils like those big oh yeah yeah things. and they always had like Halloweeny ones like ghosts oh and pumpkins I mean don't put it past me because maybe I will get hey, some of those there we go uh but yay uh Jessica <laughs> thank you for signing up and if you out there i'm talking to you yes you You who's listening to this right now if you want the fall gift package 
not sure exactly what all is going to be in it yet, just make sure you sign up as a Misfit Murderino on Patreon by September 1st. We had been saying October 1st. I realize that's when I'm sending things out. So I need to know by September 1st, just so that I know um, how much I need to get of everything. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Any other announcements? Did we have any biz nasty to discuss? Ooh, I don't think so. I think that's everything. All right. I guess we're going to get right into this. <gasps> into the story. It's not a great one. Oh, um, I've been wanting to do this case for a while. It's a really sad one because for one thing, she was so young. Uh, and two, it was just completely senseless, mm. as most murders as most are. murders are. It's also a pretty recent case, and I feel wow. like those are always a little harder. They're tough. Because we don't have as much distance In, from right, it. Right, right. Is this another one that's kind of like, because the last one we did with the um, the lady who managed the money mm-hmm. of the stars, there didn't seem to be very much information. Is there like more? There's, we have some information. Okay. Uh, not a whole lot of detail, but I will say it definitely more than... Um, we had for the last one. Okay. John Shell Alexander was born on Friday, February 26, 1999 in New Orleans. Her parents are Johnny and Shelly, so her name was a combination of the two. John Shell, which is very cute. Wait, her, her whole first name is John Shell? John Shell. That's amazing. I know. It's, I love I, that. I do too. It's pretty. She was the youngest of three. She had an older sister and an older brother. And according to the Times-Picayune, which is a New Orleans publication, she grew up in the 8th Ward on St. Claude Avenue. I'm not super familiar with New Orleans. I visited there once, but I was a kid, so I don't really know much about the area. Uh, So I did a little research just to get a sense of where John Shell grew up, and because, sadly, this is also where she passed away. Oh, man. Eighth Ward, that feel is that like next to the French Quarter? It's not next to it, uh, but kind of. I mean, I think it's one big city, so everything's Everything's kind of nearby. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. New Orleans has always had a rich cultural history, as I think we all are aware. And like most large cities, there are neighborhoods that are considered to be generally safe, and neighborhoods that have a higher crime rate. Yes. There are, of course, the big tourist attractions like the French Quarter and also the Garden District. But the further away you get from those areas, the higher the crime rate goes. The city is divided into wards. There are uptown wards and downtown wards. The uptown wards are generally considered to be more affluent. Mm. I'm just going to talk a little bit about the 7th and 8th wards and a little bit about the 9th as well. Because they tend to get grouped together. One of the funnest things. Funnest. One of That's the most word. fun things I did in New Orleans was I took a bus out to the uh, swamps, Ooh. and I got in one of those boats with the big fan on the back. I forget what those are called. I don't know what I they're don't called. Either hover boats or something. Yes, like hovering. a hoverboard. <laughs> yeah, and we flew through the swamp. Oh and wow! Like was it like a going, tour? Yeah, it was a tour. That's and cool. alligators everywhere. <sighs> Just all over. He took us right up to alligators. And like we were flying over the water. It was literally, it was the best. It was the best. That sounds really cool. I had the best time. There's a lot of cool stuff in New Orleans. I wish, like I want to go back because Mm -hmm. I think I was 12 when I went there. And so, you know, I was with my mom and Mm -hmm. 
we we were there for another thing and so we didn't do a lot of sightseeing okay yeah i took one of the ghost tours in the french <gasps> quarter and the lady was like dressed That's all cool. in black with a veil it was really great and then i ran into her the next day on the street like outside oh. of my hotel my hotel and she was like oh my gosh hey thanks for coming and she stopped Aww. and she was like so you're visiting are you by yourself and i was like yeah and she's like okay well here's all the things you need to go see and do oh fun and there's like some fun places to go eat so it was lovely lovely that's people. awesome um yeah the people there there's definitely like a sense of community mm-hmm. there we're going to talk about that uh so the seventh and eighth wards and ninth are considered back of town they're north of the mississippi river they're considered downtown wards these areas are rarely visited by people outside of the city. They're not a big tourist draw. They were hit pretty hard by Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Many people died. A lot of people lost their homes, their businesses. They were displaced. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, between 2005 when Katrina hit and 2011, the population of New Orleans fell by 29%. Holy shit. Yeah, that is a lot. It took That's a huge years amount. to try and rebuild the city. And many residents did return to the area eventually. But by 2020, the population was still 20% less than it was in the year 2000. That's a huge drop off. That is a fifth of your population just gone. I get it, though. I mean, like once something like that happens and you you know you're not safe and your life is at risk. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I understand. Yeah, I understand leaving. I also understand the people that came back and, you know, tried to rebuild. Well, sure. I mean, that's their home and their culture. Of course. And- but yeah, that's you lose a lot of your community, I think. And yeah. you're just like sense of where you're from when a, a big natural disaster like yeah. that occurs. According to several statistical sites I looked at, there's an elevated crime rate in these particular wards that we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, largely due to poverty, gang activity, and drugs. Those seem to be the, the top three causes. Mm-hmm. The overall crime rate in this area is about 370% higher than the national average. 370 percent yes with a violent crime rate more than 620 percent higher than the national average holy shit how does wild that is wild do you know how i mean do you know how that compares to like our city to chicago i didn't do the comparison no worries I, i you know what i lied i did look up chicago okay chicago was like Maybe I want to say a hundred something percent higher oh, than okay. that. So, I mean, not still high, as, but not as. Yeah, I mean, bad. in New Orleans, it was just like sky. Y- yeah, That's it was insane. wild. Wow. Despite these statistics, though, it's mm-hmm. also a place of community yeah. and culture and celebration. Something director Ben Zeitlin really sparked to when he visited the area in 2006. Oh wow. Ben, who was originally from New York, eventually moved to New Orleans and made his short film Glory at Sea there, which was released in 2008. There's a pretty wild incident that took place while he was making that film. So the entire production crew, which consisted of 25 people, which is very small for a production crew, they didn't have any money. You know, they're an independent crew. So they all lived together during filming in one house in New Orleans that... Even though it was still standing post-Katrina, 
There was mildew. It was in bad shape. Oh, my God. Wait, and all 25 of them? All 25 of them are in this house. One day, the house was burglarized, and among the things stolen were the hard drives containing all the footage they had shot so far for Glory at Sea. So the crew posted flyers all around the neighborhood offering a reward for the stolen footage. I don't think they cared about anything else that was taken, but they wanted their movie back. Well, yeah. And I mean, what the fuck is someone going to do with footage? They might not have known what it what was. It was. You know, they're just like oh, it's hard just, drives, right, right, you know. Right. <laughs> Sneaking in being like, I'm going to take all these movies. I'm the director now. I'm the director. Not long after posting the flyers, the crew got a phone call from the thieves themselves. Uh saying, sure, they'd return the footage for that reward. And they arranged to meet at a restaurant in the area, no questions asked. Crew members from the production arrived at the restaurant with cash. They ordered some drinks and waited. And waited. Nothing. And waited. Mm -hmm. Hours Mm -hmm. went by. Meanwhile, these crew members are getting trashed because they have nothing better to do. They're just sitting there drinking all day. Drinking and waiting. And they're talking to the other customers in the restaurant and they start telling them what had happened, mm-hmm. you know, why they're there waiting. So these customers are pissed for this production team. They're like BRB. And they go to their houses and come back with weapons. No, this is bad. They've got <laughs> knives. One guy has a shotgun. <laughs> So now you've got this small independent production crew. It is awful, but like also, but also like I'm gonna go grab my gun. It's (laughs) wild. So you've got this independent production crew with these local residents armed with weapons. Mm -hmm. All of them sitting in this restaurant waiting for the thieves to come in so they can get their movie back. Finally, two people, the thieves apparently, showed up with the footage, and thankfully there was no trouble. But the guy with the shotgun went up to them as they were leaving and said, if anyone ever goes in that house again, they're going to have to answer to God. It's like, whoa. calm your shit. (laughs) That escalated. But also these residents really rallied behind this crew. That's kind of nice to have that support. But also like... Let's let's kind of get away from the violence. <laughs> exactly. You know? My thoughts exactly. Glory at Sea ended up being the precursor for Ben's next film, his first feature length production, Beast of the Southern Wild. <gasps> I've heard of wait a second. It was huge. Of course you heard of it. That was a huge movie. Yes. Was that with um Quavanchine yep. Wallace? Sure was. That was such a good movie. Just as he had with Glory at Sea, Ben wanted to use local residents of New Orleans as the main characters in Beasts of the Southern Wild. From early on, John Shell Alexander demonstrated a love and a talent for the arts and for performing. As one article put it, she had, quote, a ferocious creativity. She got into cheerleading. She was a dancer. She took modeling and acting classes. She had no qualms whatsoever about putting herself out there. She was fearless. So when director Ben Zeitlin announced auditions for his movie, John Shell was determined to get a part. She told her mom, Shelley, I'm going to be in this movie. Auditions were held at a school that had closed down due to damage from Hurricane Katrina. More than 4,000 people auditioned. Whoa. John Shell initially auditioned for the role of Hush Puppy, which is the female lead. Yeah. 
which is the one that went to Cavagene. Yeah. But they really wanted someone around six years old for that part. Sure. And jean Shell was around 10 or 11 when uh, she auditioned. So she's a little older. Yeah, a little too old. Cavagene Wallace lied and said she was six because that was the youngest they were willing to audition. But she was actually five at the time. Uh but she got the I part. I mean, hey, the right <laughs> thing happened. So, yeah, I think so. Even though John Shell didn't get the role of Hush Puppy, she really impressed the filmmakers. Good for her. They fell in love with oh, her. John Shell. Ben Zeitlin described her as, quote, an absolute, one-of-a-kind, unforgettable force of nature yes. human being. Yes, she is. Right? He was so captivated by her that he cast her in the supporting role and took a lot of inspiration from John Shell herself. He told the Associated Press, quote, A lot of the lines were written by her, and so much of the character grew out of who John Shell was. Her character in the film is named Joy Strong, which always seemed like a perfect description of John Shell. So she's in the movie. She's in the movie. Okay. She's a sporting. She plays Hush Puppy's friend. Hush Puppy's friend. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I need to go back and like revisit that. Mm-hmm. She was 13 years old when the film was released in July of 2012. Mm-hmm. To be that young and have adults like these professionals in the field say that about you. I mean, when you're a kid and you're younger and and you know coming up like that and adults praising you that mm-hmm. feels so good and it's because, so validating because a lot of kids at that age do not do have not get that kind of support no and a lot of them don't have their shit together no. the way john shell did either i mean you're you're still figuring things out you know but she was very headstrong and she knew who she was when i was 13 i was listening to spice girls and making yes, up dances were. in my bedroom there is nothing wrong with that do you want to see? I, I, stand I do. Up. <laughs> I do. Actually, later. <laughs> you just hear Backstreet Boys playing really loud in the background. Amazing. Continue. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, so I think it just really speaks to who the character of John sure. Shell, who she was. She she knew what she wanted. Yep. At thirteen, which more power to you. Yes. Dwight Henry was cast as Wink, the father of Hush Puppy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Dwight knew John Shell long before they appeared together on screen. He ran a bakery on St. Claude Avenue right next to where John Shell and her family lived. That's amazing. I remember the st- him being a baker. Like yes. that. Okay. He said, so he has this story. He said, quote, I remember it like it was yesterday. John Shell walked into the donut shop like she owned the place. Walked behind the counter, grabbed a handful of the donut holes, put them in a bag. I looked at her, she looked at me, and she just walked out the door. <laughs> Good for her. Right? The last time I tried that, got arrested. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. You did not get arrested. I know, I didn't. I'm just joking. <laughs> she was bold. That's amazing. And the fact that they were both cast and they knew each other made the whole experience even that more special yes, for the of two course. of them. Definitely. In an interview with the Times-Picayune, Shelley, John Shell's mom, said of her, quote, she would just light up any room. She was jazzy. She was feisty. Literally I what that. I aspire to every day. Jazzy. And I love the way she says it, too. She says, she was jazzy. She was spicy. Or not spicy. Feisty. Spicy. But I mean, hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She also <laughs> said John Shell was spoiled. It was her way or no way. Okay. Which I feel like is sometimes par for the course when you're the youngest. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, a young teenager. Mm-hmm. 
And Ben Zeitlin said, quote, she was a really bright burning light. Beast of the Southern Wild went on to win the Grand Jury Prize at the Sundance Film Festival and was nominated for four Academy Awards. But even after all the film's success, John Shell didn't have any ambitions to be in another movie. Oh. She was just kind of like, mm. I did it. Now yeah. it's time for something else. She's like, I'm good. Fair. But she did stay active in the arts. When Good. she attended Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. High School, she continued dancing. She was also on the cheerleading team. And after she graduated, John Shell got a job as a hostess at a restaurant. I believe she worked for a few different restaurants around the area. Okay. Shortly after, she got pregnant and gave birth to a daughter, Divine Robinson. I love that name. I do too, Divine. And I like the way she spells it. It's D-E hyphen V-Y-N-N-E. Divine. Divine. I like it. Uh, I believe Divine was born in 2020. I'm not sure of the exact date, mm-hmm. um, but because I, I haven't seen that posted anywhere. John Shell was a devoted mom. She loved that little girl and was dedicated to giving her the best life she could. She worked hard. She was responsible. She had a great attitude. And as her mom said, she brought life to everything. But tragically, her life would come to an end over Thanksgiving weekend in 2021. On the evening of Saturday, November 27th, she and a male companion were driving along in the 7th Ward, probably just hanging out Mm -hmm. like people do. It's a holiday weekend. You've been with your family for days. You're probably ready to get a breath of fresh air, hang out with your friends. The two were sitting at the intersection of Claiborne Avenue and Columbus Street, There's not a ton around there, but on the corner, there is a pretty well-reviewed Cajun seafood restaurant, Mm. aptly named Cajun Seafood. I see it in a lot of, like, photos and stuff, and it's, I mean, it has good reviews, so. um, Oh, 100%. Like, I think one of the best restaurants I went to there was just kind of, like, it looked like an old sort mm. of, like, family dinery place. Kind of run down, but the food. But delicious. Oh, my gosh. And the area is a bit run down uh, at this intersection, mainly mm-hmm. because there's an interstate that runs directly over it, Ew. which is kind of annoying. That sucks. At around 9 o'clock p.m., a man in a red or maroon colored truck pulled up nearby. He was wearing tan or white pants, a tan or white jacket, and a blue ski mask covering his face. We have that information because a video surveillance camera in the area captured his image, and I'll post that picture. Mm-hmm. He walked up to the car John Shell and her friend were sitting in and just started shooting. What the fuck? Both John Shell and her friend were hit, and the suspect quickly fled the scene. What? When police arrived, they found John Shell lying unresponsive Aww. in the street. It's unclear if she was trying to get somewhere for help or what. We don't know how she came to be lying in the street. When paramedics arrived, They unfortunately did pronounce her dead at the scene from a single gunshot wound. She was 22 years old. Her friend, who was also also shot, was able to drive himself to a hospital for treatment. Oh, my God. And as far as I can tell, he did survive, and his name has never been released publicly. But authorities believe he was the intended target of the gunman, and John Shell got caught in the crossfire. God damn it. I hate guns like I really 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 am just sick of guns I agree with you Kate and you know they're meaningless like we shouldn't yeah, even what's the point there's no point in having absolutely them. not 
it makes get me so angry. Look at the countries that like have banned guns and look, I don't know. Yeah. I'm over it. It's And nobody's doing anything. No. I mean, it's a really. whole other topic, but damn, I fucking hate guns. Shelly Alexander told the local news station, quote, when I got the phone call, I just dropped to my knees. I didn't know what to think. Mm-hmm. John Shell's dad, Johnny, was at work when he found out. He said, quote, right then and there I froze. I just stood still for like two hours and I didn't do nothing because, man, that was my baby girl. <sighs> Shortly after the shooting, police did find that red truck miles away. It had been torched. However, they did not find the gunmen. And as far as I can tell, and I looked through a ton of articles, the suspect has never been caught. Oh, my God. Never been apprehended. Nope. Police have asked for help in identifying him, and they released that photo I mentioned earlier from the security camera. But unfortunately, you can't make out any distinguishing features. Oh, my God. And his face is covered with that mask, so... I mean, who was the car registered to? That's the thing. I don't know if they found that. I wondered that, too, and I was looking for that. Could have been stolen. Right. You know, we just don't know. Mm -hmm. At the end of this episode, I'm going to give the detective's info as well as numbers you can call if you have information. And you can do so anonymously. I'm also going to list that info in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Upon hearing the news of John Shell's death, tributes began pouring in. Her director, Ben Zeitlin, said he was completely devastated when he heard she'd been killed. Kavanjane Wallace posted some pictures of them, uh, sorry, posted some pictures of them from on set and wrote, When we were filming, we were always together, and I wish I could go back in time so I can see you again. I love you. But the one that really got me was from her co-star Dwight Henry, who played Wink and owned that bakery. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, She lit up the screen, and it hurts me. I'm telling you, it hurts my heart. He said she was a fireball and commanded that set. Mm -hmm. And she was so smart and beautiful. I'm going to post a picture. She was. She was gorgeous. Then he started looking at pictures from the set when they did the movie. And he said, quote, special moments, memories that I'll never forget, you know, because certain things, you can forget memories. But, you know, things like this when you have pictures of her, man, I'm always looking at this and remember John Shell. I remember this one scene here like it was yesterday. She was so special. John Shell's family threw her a celebration of life fit for a queen. Amazing. I think her favorite color must have been yellow because she was buried in a yellow dress mm-hmm. and everyone at her celebration of life wore yellow. Mm-hmm. Whether it was a yellow dress, yellow shoes, yellow fingernail polish, everyone was in yellow, black, and white. And yellow is also just like a joyful color. Mm. You just think happiness and celebration, I feel. Her one-year-old daughter and her mom, Shelly, wore matching bright yellow outfits. And just before the casket was closed, a crown, like an actual crown, was placed on her. Wow. And it was very ceremonious, too. There's a guy who kind of does this um, dance or march, I should say, down the aisle. And... Very like it's a big presentation. Like ceremoniously, yes, like presents it. That's gorgeous. It's I've never beautiful. heard of that. I'd love to see like a. Uh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, the there is a video, a video. of it online, which is uh, how I found out about sure. it, and it's beautiful. A lot of people spoke about her. There was singing. There was a lot of dancing. The dancing 
carried out into the streets. There was a marching band. I mean, it was like a party. She was buried in a white casket covered in yellow roses and white carnations. But before it was carried to the cemetery in the hearse, it was first loaded onto a white carriage. Whoa. Led by white Clydesdales. And they paraded through the streets. There was so much dancing. It was joyous. It's really beautiful to watch. They actually paraded down through the intersection where she was killed. And it seemed like it was an act of defiance in a way. Like to say, this is not going to be the place we remember as where she was murdered. It's going to be the place where we celebrate her life. Celebrate her, not what happened to her. Exactly. That's really beautiful. I, I don't know that I'll post a link to the video, but sure. um, it can be found. But it's out found. there. Yeah, it's out there. If when I go, when that time comes, that there can be a party even half as joyous as this one was, yeah. I will rest easy. Oh, I love that. Also, when you said go, I was like to New Orleans. That was oh. my first thought. <laughs> I mean, I meant a little. Hopefully, further no, no, after I, that, I, I figured that out. <laughs> but we should go to New Orleans. <gasps> Field trip. The ghosts. At the cemetery, they released white doves into the air. The Mm. whole thing was beautiful. As I mentioned before, it does not seem as though John Shell's killer has been caught. If someone listening to this knows otherwise, please get in touch so we can update that. But police asked the community for help identifying the man. Anyone with information can call homicide detective Brittany Kimbrough. At 504-658-5300 or call Crime Stoppers of Greater New Orleans, you can do so anonymously at 504-822-1111 or 877-903-7867. And I'm going to put all of that info in the show notes. Like I said, John Shell left behind a one-year-old daughter. She would be between two and three now. Mm. A GoFundMe was set up to raise money for her and it is still active. Oh, wow. I was able to donate to it, and I'll post the link for it in the show notes as well. If you can even just put in five bucks, whatever you're able, That's every really nice. little bit helps. Do we know how much has been like raised so far? The last time I looked, because it, all the donations kind of stopped a year ago, okay. uh, and it was 2700 at the time. Their okay. goal was 10000 Gotcha. Uh, so I donated twenty. It went up to 2720 I haven't checked today, but... I mean, it hasn't been, there's been no activity. There hasn't been any activity. But it is still open. Sure. So I assume that they're still taking donations. I have not been, you know, I didn't get a bounce back from GoFundMe. Oh, good. Yeah. The note from the family says, we have started this GoFundMe to raise money so that Divine can have a strong, supported, and fulfilling upbringing, even in the absence of her mother, who loved her so much. And I just want to extend our condolences to John Shell's family. She seemed like such a light. I'm going to end this with something she used to say. Aww. According to one of her family members, and this was kind of a catchphrase of hers, instead of saying like, what's up or how it's going, John Shell would say, what's the deal, pickle? Shut and up. I fucking love that. I think it captures the kind of personality I mean, she, she had. She sounds like the coolest. She you really know what does. I mean? Like her name, her attitude, yeah, her little quips. I love it. So she cute. was jazzy. She was jazzy. feisty. Yeah, we should all strive to be that way. And that is the case of John Shell Alexander. I know this Whoa. was kind of a shorter one. Um, I am really curious about the friend. 
I would love to know more about him. I mean, yeah. obviously that's not out there and is probably being protect- protected for, right. you know. His safety. For and, his safety yeah. and for the case, I'm mm. sure. But at the same time, it's like that's the someone's got to know some. I mean, if he's someone's enemy. That's what I was going to say. If then, he was the target, surely he knows who it right, was. Right. Or maybe it was like a mistaken target. Like you, al- you always hear basically, you know, yeah. like most of those drive-bys that you get news on. It's always like, oh, misidentified, wrong person. Mm-hmm. Oops, oops, oops. Yeah, so we don't know, and yeah. I i mean, I looked hard. So it could be a thing where the case has been solved, but the news just didn't pick it up. Oh, it dropped it, it up, and didn't pick it up, yeah. Which would really suck. But yeah, if anyone here is listening that's in New Orleans and knows about and this case, yeah, yeah, we would love to know. Um, you can either leave it in the comments on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at... Horrorwood Podcast. Or you can email it to us uh, at horrorwoodpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also, uh, while you're donating to the GoFundMe for Divine, you can also hop on over to Patreon and sign up as one of our newest Patronians at patreon.com slash horrorwoodpodcast. And that's the bet on that. Whoa. It's awful. It's it is really awful. And to take I mean, it's so fucking senseless. That's the thing. You it's know, just like, like why? targeted attacks, like why do you need to include other people? What it what do you get from that other than you're just a fucking sadist murderer? Yeah. Who can who just is gonna take out anybody, you know, that's just uh I can't. This I can't. is I fucking hate guns so much it's because awful. it seems like the most pointless thing to have. Right. And if no one had the guns, like in a dream world, if they just got rid of all the guns, like put them all in a pile and melted them down into the ground, yeah. the crime would go down because you gun, the gun thing, like if you're going to shoot somebody, it's like a coward move because you don't have to get close to them. Right. Whereas like if you were to use some other method, I'm not condoning it at all i'm not being like it's like use a knife use a screwdriver it's like you have to you have to be brazen enough to get up close to that person to someone right and you know they they have a lot more chance to get away because they see you coming at them supposedly you know i mean kind of getting on a tangent but like i just fucking hate guns yeah no take them out get rid of them you know what i'm about to get rid of us right now on this podcast oh no we're saying goodbye goodbye goodbye